You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Friday afternoon. I'm really excited to welcome our next guests uh, this afternoon, and please join us on the Facebook Live as well, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three. Now, I'm sure many of you can agree that 2020 has really been a year of challenges and and maybe lessons learned. And for some of us, it may be a year for us to stick to what we know. But for some people, it really is a year to take a leap and to start something that you've always wanted. And that's precisely what our next guests have done. They have started a coconut water business, actually all things coconut, and I'd really like to welcome them on the program. Joining us this afternoon is Zoe Chang and also Alessandra Tinio, aka the Coco Queens. Welcome to the program, ladies, and thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks so much for having us. Yes. It's really nice to be able to talk all things Coco with you. <laughs> I'm so excited. So I follow you guys uh, on on social media, and what struck me was the is coconut water can be pink, but we'll, we'll get to the science. Yes. <laughs> Of, of this later on. Uh, maybe, uh, Alessandra, I'll start with you first. You're closest cool. uh, to hand. Sort of tell us the journey. Tell us your journey about starting your own business this year of the 2020. You know, it's funny. So we may have kind of launched and started this um, kind of coconut business this year, but this is a journey that Zoe and I have been on for like about five years now. So yeah, five years. we've actually been working in the industry because we both kind of work across marketing, PR and comms. So we've been on the agency side together for many years. And I actually came back from a surfing trip from the Philippines and you know was really inspired because I discovered this coconut alcohol actually coconut you know, alcohol yeah it's like a co- it's a, it's like a rum <laughs> made from coconut sap um, and basically I, w- I went traveling and surfing up the northeast coast of the Philippines and if you want something a little stronger than a beer that's all they've got right so mm. I was like oh I don't know maybe this moonshine's gonna be a bit strong but actually it turned out it was really really nice and I loved it I brought some back for Zoe and to try and then we just kind of started talking about it and we're like you know maybe we should do some more research into doing this and maybe starting a brand we had this whole idea to kind of do this and you know from there this whole thing kind of spiraled into you know what we've launched today but um yeah i think this year was kind of pivotal because you know a lot of kind of different things aligned and i think given the situation and being stuck at home you end up with a little bit more time to think about how you take your passions forward and it's kind of what happened and you both have your own day jobs as well so yes. this is a side thing that you do yeah yes. exactly i mean i'm very fortunate i work with a great consultancy called the hoffman agency but they've really been supportive of me being able to go and I guess explore my creative passions and kind of you know experiment with other things developing brands and things like that so they're kind of you know happy for me to channel my creativity into other outlets but um yeah it's it's not easy but from my side I think you work in events well events marketing and then I also consult for a tech company and a new mom yeah so you know being a new mom is also a new job exactly (laughs) one that you don't get paid for yeah every time that I feel like you know I'm having a struggle. I think about Zoe and the baby and I'm like, it is next level. So it's like having four jobs and then having this on the side. And you previously didn't know too much about coconuts and coconut water and coconut farming. Well, we know we love it. We knew we we loved it and we were like, this is a great idea. We're like, okay, you know, maybe we should think about doing this. But then it was like, okay, where do we start, right? Yeah. We were quite naive in the beginning. We just thought, okay, we're gonna go find a supplier in the Philippines that can help us kind of like create this product. Yes. Kind of went there and we're like, okay, there's like no one in existence. We gotta go figure out how coconut farming works and how we studied you, a yeah, bit. we studied a yeah. bit. We went to the most like remote places in the Philippines to understand this alcohol, as well as the regions where they actually farm coconuts. Yeah. I mean, some of the places we went to, there were like, you know, the roads like literally ended, right? Yeah. It was literally the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Cause it's, it's countryside. And you know, especially in the center of the Philippines where a lot of coconuts are made, right? It's quite remote. And yeah. not to mention there's the science to, to it as well. Yes. Well, let's talk about the alcohol. 
what did you find out in the end? And so, is that sort of taking off a little bit or are you not touching that just yet? So we actually bought a distillery in the Philippines already. Yeah. Wow. And um, what's obviously the, the challenge of that this year is that COVID happened and nobody could travel and everything is on hold. So we're, we're basically taking our passion to the side and say, basically we'll focus on the coconut water and other cocoa products first and then we will launch our um, alcohol next year. Amazing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but it is it is you know we've because we've come a long way. Five years ago, you know, we went for the first time in the Philippines yeah. with Alessandra, and we've been going to trips like every single almost every yeah, every year. I mean, every year at take least two. one, if not like a you know yeah. one or two trips. Um, but yeah, the first kind of research trips were me and Zoe really just trying to understand like the agriculture around this, yes, and how you even get the raw materials that you need to make any products, right? Regardless of whether or not it's alcohol or coconut water, right? Mm. You you know, we kind of just had to understand a little bit more about the land and I think that was what really excited me about it and it's still the thing that you know keeps me you know alive in terms of the passion around mm. it because I got to study the farming culture of my country you know and and understand the roots and you know our whole life and all of the industries in the Philippines are kind of based around you know food production right um, and I realized you know especially growing up as a city kid I didn't know anything really about where food <laughs> came from so it was a really cool experience to the yeah. to just see and you know the farming techniques they use in the Philippines are still, you know, very much the same way it was done. Ancestral, yeah, know, it's, a, it's, it's ancestral ancient, farming, yeah. yeah. Well, and we actually had, never had to climb up the trees. Yeah, yeah. We, we we actually duck holes. The first time it's, we went to a distillery because they, were, you know, we wanted to see how this alcohol was made. So we actually found somewhere like, can you can you show us? It was this tiny little operation in the middle of nowhere, and like literally, Zoe and I were there with machetes, like chopping <laughs> chopping um, bamboo yes. to set the stills because yeah. it's so like old school. It's like they do have all the fires manually yeah. so and it had just rained so we're there just waiting for like these rice husks and this for bamboo how many to burn hours? It was for like, like three, hours. three hours just to get it started um so yeah so a lot of funny stories there yeah i think it's truly remarkable that you know you you, you love coconut so much that you decided to actually do something with it and it's taken sort of five years what what made this year sort of the pivotal year uh, despite all the challenges and despite the uncertainty of 2020 what made you think this is the year uh, I, to launch it I think I think uh, it's it's obviously well the year year of year of change uh, and and at the same time we were also very lucky mm. we met uh, other partners who were professionals <laughs> in the food <laughs> in industry, the food industry. <laughs> and uh, and really kind of pushed us uh, to to the next level because mm. you know we Alessandra and I have a very strong marketing PR background but we we know really nothing about you know food supply chain so on our journey when we were looking for raw materials we actually met um, you know which is our partner other partner um, Alex also called Alex and Epi yeah and they were amazing they were someone who had maybe over 20 20 years of experience in coconut just yeah, by chance. Co coconut so, production, like yeah. coconut water. What are the chances? Yeah, what are the chances? Yeah, and you know, the funniest thing, though, is also our business partner is one of Zoe's friend's fathers. Yeah. So, you know, so, but, but the it chance, all aligned. Exactly. It all just happened. Yeah. Everything aligned. And I think it's a combination of luck uh, and 
being being there at the right time and then also you know we actually of of course hesitated at, at some point like should we continue because five years you know it's a long time it's half a decade yeah you know? yeah exactly <laughs> you know, people, half a decade a husband this. two babies you know you know i was getting i was also getting kind of fed up of telling people that we're gonna launch this product but then it but it's, you had this dream it, yeah. and i think it's really admirable you know i'm sure some of our listeners listening who you know perhaps have a passion for something and think oh i'll do it but after five years maybe they would have given up but here you are we were we yeah. were really really close no, we were really close and i think that's the thing you get to that point though yeah. whether or not you know because every level of getting a dream to the next level asks more of you right yeah. and then we kind of got to this point where it was like i think this is the make or break it point, yeah right? we either go for it or we don't you know and again all these things as zoe just mentioned aligned but i think also even just given the situation for covid and you know i guess people's investment in themselves and you know and the health healthier industry, food yeah. and you know wanting to understand more plant-based products it just felt like the right time yeah. right well I, absolutely i think this trend has really i think people pay a lot more attention to their health especially given mm. the backdrop of the pandemic i think uh, the health and wellness sphere is ever growing and this sort of fits in uh, mm. very nicely in this yeah. um in terms of uh, health and health and wellness, how do you go about marketing? I mean, this is yeah. sort of mm-hmm. your, your your background. Yeah. I mean, does it come in does it come in useful to to market this? Um, I think it's actually a relatively easy topic to market these days, especially when there's a huge need. Yeah. Um, but there's also so many other products well, as well. Yes, yeah. the competition. There's a lot yeah. of competition as well, but uh, but with the trends, you know, like that that we are seeing, basically, I would say like. 80% of, of, of the consumer are, are wanting to hear about new things that you could do or eat um, to absorb. Yeah, and I think <laughs> even just like the authenticity, right? Because one of the right. reasons we felt so strongly about this product, right, is because of all of the farms that we work with, right? Mm. We're out there really like, I mean, our last trip right before COVID was like in February, right? Yeah. Where we went to the factory where we make the uh, the coconut sap sugar, right? And went out to see the farms that, you know, they're really trying to keep organically tended, which means no pesticides sides it literally just means guys like with with machetes again <laughs> yeah, we like, really them. just cutting down yeah. you know grass in the land and yeah. that's how I they feel the machete it. is making <laughs> <laughs> manual, labor. manual labor so exactly. we asked them you know what are the methods yeah. and you know you know, in our head, maybe because when you look at a lot of the TV shows, it's like scientific, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like but somebody in a test tube yeah, and yes. in a lab. Yeah. Exactly. This, this is an actual... This no, is, I mean, this is literally people who climb the trees to collect the sap, and then women in the factory actually sit over open fires stirring doing, all the sap. Yeah. And, you know, it's all handmade. Yeah. And I think, you know, really being able to kind of connect all of these farming traditions and, you know, food for food is history for us, yeah. right? And I think we knew we had an, a little bit of an area of differentiation there, and we can talk honestly about, you know, the stories of the farmers and the women that we work mm. with and you know i think we felt that there was a place for that in the market and people would appreciate you know food with such integrity so yeah. you know we wanted to go for it yeah. when you go into what well, when you go into anything you have an expectation of how it's going to go um how did it differentiate between what actually happened and how you imagined it oh to go God. and what were some of the lessons you learned along the way that okay, you nothing think- went the way that yeah. you thought it was going to go <laughs> nothing went like, the way like absolutely nothing if yes. i if i think about the first meeting zoe and i had we're like this is our plan this is what's gonna happen then it was like nothing well, happened it, it was way. it's exactly like we planned to launch the alcohol actually this year in yeah. july yeah. Well, yeah. it was no sorry it was march yeah and um because of covid you know the the distillery was not being built and everything was just kind of on hold yeah. and that kind of extended everything so deeply we were like i really still want to launch it alessandra we need to do something about it but at the same time 
You know that yeah. that's not going to happen, and it might not happen until the next year. <laughs> but so. I think even throughout the the whole journey, right? Every time, I mean, we we came face to face a lot of times throughout this process with what we know, what we knew, and what we didn't know. Yeah, and I think that was the thing. You're so naive sometimes. Like again, original idea. We're just going to find someone to help <laughs> us create this product. There must be people out there, and it was like actually no. no. This this industry is like such a cottage industry, and it's like in its infancy. So it seems so niche. It yeah, very it's niche. very niche. Yeah, so we kind of realized, and you know, we're gonna have to take on more, like either maybe buy a farm or build a distillery, yeah. which is what we chose the, to do the in the challenge end. for that for sure. Yeah. yeah, what's it like managing a business sort of overseas in a way? Sometimes oh, I it's mean, slow. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> and, and well, teamed with COVID as well. Yes. But, oh, yeah. I mean, so, what's it like to? I mean, I, I, we rarely get entrepreneurs on the show, and and I love talking to entrepreneurs because it's so nice to have a product that you have in mind, and then you know all that process, supply chain, everything. But this is managed completely overseas. Yes. You're yeah. in Hong Kong, and the farmers are obviously in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah and in Thailand. In Thai- right? uh, yeah. In so Thailand we have well. some. Yes. We had a lot of issues um, during the co- during COVID um, to get our packaging over um, and I mean, getting a package right down. and everything slowed down so I think it took almost four months just to I mean it, actually our package is still stuck there yeah. um, <laughs> and, and and there's nothing you can do because you know uh, I think it's a combination of the shipping issue um, you know it's the government environment thing. It's, it's a number yeah of number yeah. of different things so uh, we see the COVID uh, that COVID has affected yeah it tremendously but I think yeah. in a situation like ours and doing things and managing things remotely like it does come down to I mean first tenacity like you really mm-hmm. just have to you know what I mean like People know when they work with us that we're definitely going to hunt you down until it gets done, yeah. right? But second, you do need really good partners right? and people that you trust. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, I'm originally from the Philippines, so we were lucky. We had a lot of help from people there. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with our partners in in Thailand, you know, yeah. like I think building a team with the right people who has this, who have the same vision, you know, and and share in kind of the thing that you want to achieve has been really really helpful. Because also you'd be surprised. I think when you do something, I know this sounds a little cliche, but I feel like when you do something from the heart, it just like brings the right people to you. And I feel like that's the journey we've been on yeah. every time we've maybe thought it's going to be over or we can't do this anymore it's like somebody's just come out of the blue to to help or offer advice or connect mm-hmm. us with someone else you know and yeah you just keep like going. that 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 person that there's a there's a Chinese saying that yeah. special person that will come along exactly Guai Yan, yeah, right? Guai Yan. and yeah. that person would always come along along the way and we were fortunate enough. we're very yeah. fortunate yeah. yeah you two are good friends as well what's it like you know, working, going to business with a good friend, you know, what happens when it comes to big decision making and how do you sort of battle out who makes the decision? Mm. And well, I, I suppose you both have different strengths. Yeah, so. I think actually because we've also had such a history of working together, even mm. before we did the business, right? Like we've always kind of known our dynamics as a team mm. um, and that we see things from, I guess, different, view- lens, different yeah. views, different lens, but generally always on the same page about the objectives, yeah. right? So I feel like that's, you know, kind of helped us. Um, and again, you're in this for five years together. Like, I don't know, there's a certain amount of like, you know, you, you almost start to become the same brain. Yeah, <laughs> to a certain extent, I mean, we have you know? our differences at times but you know very very soon we will talk about yeah. it and then we'll discuss our our point of views yeah. like a couple yeah. <laughs> no it's true and, and it's then, true and it's then like I'll, tell her, I'll tell her my reason and she will explain hers and then we kind of come to it always in an agreement yeah. and yeah. very aligned yeah, you know? yeah exactly um but yeah she's she's the one who is the nice person <laughs> generally i am the hard yeah. <laughs> but hey you know you, you always, always need to need have, that. You yes. need to the, have the opposites right? bad call, yeah. i'm the bad cop and she's the good cop all the time i'm a, I'm a pr person yeah 
comes it comes naturally <laughs> yes. to me. <laughs> now, when we talk about the pandemic, we often talk about the challenges and the yes. lessons. But you know, I'm sure it's also opened some opportunities as right. well. What sorts of opportunities did you sort of feel that this year in particular is unique for you know business yeah. doing? I think online business yeah. it, itself. Traditionally, mm. you know, all of our product. Well, we would have been uh, selling all our products offline. Um, in fact, we were in a vegetarian fair like just yeah, just two weeks, weeks ago, ago, and then everybody's yeah, like, "Where are you? And, yeah. Where yeah. are you?" So, so I mean, with, with obviously with the third wave, you know, dying down, you know, we did we did a few uh, pop ups that were you know live events. But besides that, we just we just saw the opportunity of e commerce, and we we yeah. really spend a lot of time trying to build that and getting aware um, people aware of our brand there. I'd also say I feel like there's this energy of support for smaller brands yes. at the moment too, you know, and we're certainly feeling the love and the benefit of that, right? Even when I think of some of the pop-ups that we've been doing recently, they've all been with Hong Kong independent brands. Um, and I feel like, you know, there is this kind of spirit of championing local and we really, you know, that's really kind of helped us and, you know, I think brought things forward and I guess given us more of an insight into what consumers are more open to yeah. to buying these days, I think before it was... Big brands. Big brands, brands. Yeah. Yeah. There was always like a bit of a monopoly. It was harder for kind of smaller players to get in you know into the game but i feel like now you know consumers are really looking or wanting to champions you know homemade brand, homemade brands, homemade brands and, and yeah. things that have you know more of a meaning or, or cause behind them um so you know we've been connecting with a lot of consumers that way but even again just working with other brands that are kind of independent and have that spirit yeah and, you know, i have think this level brand of supporting brands as well you can see a lot of you know that that yeah. energy yeah so finally i want to ask you both about women in business now it's obviously a term that we often hear about yes. um what does women in business mean to you has it worked to your advantage or have has it been a bit of a disadvantage in, in other ways um what is yeah what does women in business mean to you maybe i'll start with yeah. you first yeah. alexandra I mean, for me, it's been an interesting one, right? Because you hear all of this stuff about, you know, glass ceilings and all of that. But I work in the PR industry, which is 90% women, yes. right? So I've had a very different experience of that. But, you know, it was interesting kind of getting into, you know, at least with the booze side of things, right? Mm. Um, it's it's kind it of a man's world. It's all yeah. men, you know? And even just like, you don't really see too many women that are, you know, kind of master distillers or, you know, the kind of ideators behind a lot of this stuff. It's really a lot of, men, a lot of men. So I feel like, you know, it was interesting for me and Zoe just having all these conversations because people kind of remember because we're two girls that want to do this and that's yeah. quite unique. But I think, yeah, to, to, to that, so women in business and when, you, when you're talking about two women in business, there is a pros and cons. Like you're yeah. two, two cute girls, but sometimes also get classified to be two yeah. cute girls that doesn't know anything. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like we have to work harder. Yeah. We have to study harder about like how, how the business would be working, what the product is. And yeah, so I think I think there there is a disadvantage. Yeah, but I think that's what made us work harder, almost yeah. right. You know, because it was like we were just aware of you know the kind of lack of representation in the industries we wanted to get into, and yeah. you know we've kind of worked doubly hard to you know know everything, like Zoe said, you know to understand like how the industry works, right? To to make those partnerships, and I guess just show that we're willing to you know walk the talk. Absolutely. Yeah. Echoing what Zoe was saying just now, you almost have more to prove. Yeah. Exactly. Not you, but yeah. women in, in, in general. In general. Exactly. Yeah, because you don't want to be underestimated either. That's the other exactly. thing. I mean, even... 
I'm been really lucky in my professional career actually that I've been you know surrounded by a lot of people that kind of taught me how to you know yeah walk the talk and you know just know where your value is and really mm -hmm. let your work speak for yourself and I think those are principles that we brought across when we started this business yeah but I think you know being a woman in business is, has never been easy and obviously with the equality of rights it's now it's like you can see it's a better place for people to work but but it's still hard but it's still it's really still hard, hard you know yeah. like pregnancy you know all all, all that coming into place you know how how often can you say a man has to step away from the career because of you know being yeah. being, being pregnant I mean exactly. I've been in awe watching Zoe with her baby you know because it's not easy having all of these jobs and a side hustle and yes. then a new family as well you know I'm always talking about how I'm short of sleep but I know it's doubly <laughs> worse for you I know bring you, bring that booze bring that booze. <laughs> um, before I let you both go um, I do have two more questions I want to ask about recipes and also why is oh. the coconut water pink there's a science behind it so yes. can you enlighten us so any coconut water that actually has the potential to turn pink on its own really but you have to have the right temperature and also um, when you expose it to sunlight for a certain amount of time so obviously we we use a cold aseptic uh, technology to capture the coconut uh, water it, when it's clear so everybody's like do you put coloring into it no yeah. the answer is it's 100% natural yeah it's a chemical it's reaction. a chemical reaction that so is natural cool. that turns it to pink with higher antioxidant and also um, more nutrients basically yeah. so basically also the coconut water itself has to have have a higher amount of antioxidants in order for that chemical reaction to happen but you know you haven't really seen it on the market because traditionally it's been really hard to package right because a lot of coconut water is pasteurized so it's heated and when you kind of use that higher temperature it kills the color um, and obviously removes some of the nutrients as well the ones I've often seen is just the clear color or a bit yeah. of an opaque color. yeah yeah. Oh. yeah so pink is a good thing it's a kiss from nature to yes. prove that it's got a lot of antioxidants yes. in it. yeah well you know the Plus you can fool your friends at the party if you're not drinking you know exactly. It's like it's, it's like a rosé, yeah. but also you know we you know we I, I think we're really proud of you know the the production as well because you know it's it's a hundred percent biodegradable. Our caps are made of uh, bam, bamboo cane, uh, sugar, sugar cane, cane. Um, so. and then it's uh, tetra packaging as well, which is a hundred percent recyclable. And Ooh. I found out recently, There's actually a used to make uh, recycling in Hong Kong as well. Yes. Yeah, but I heard also that they you know I found out recently that they actually use this to they actually reuse it for making toilet paper. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. yeah, maybe we should start a business. Yeah. It's coconut uh, uh, yeah. toilet paper. The business. Queen's Times <laughs> toilet paper. Yeah. You can make pink toilet paper. Exactly. Well, um, Christmas and Thanksgiving is just around the corner. Um, mm. I'm sure people will be throwing parties. Have you got any sort of fun recipes that our listeners yes. can can do with uh, coconut water? Yeah, we've yeah. got some really simple ones actually, um, that look great as well. Even yes. when you put them in the pictures, just because Mock the pink, yeah, as well. the pink coconut water already just gives everything a very beautiful color right. but our favorite one one of them is um, with passion fruit so if you just in you just add it with a little passion fruit and some mint it's really delicious um, also you can do one with kind of pomegranate so you put pomegranate juice and pomegranate seeds a little bit of um, mint and then just a splash of soda water yeah super refreshing or, or you can replace it with strawberry and mint yeah. Wow, that's also so for most tasty. cocktails, yeah. for it's good with gin as well. Um, and actually, one thing that we found really interesting is um, we've had a couple of people um, give us recipes that use coffee and uh, oh, yeah. coconut water. I've never. Best breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Well, apparently it makes um, the coffee a little bit more, it removes the bitterness yes. and makes it a little bit smoother. So, so it takes the edge off a it little bit. It takes the edge wow. off it. So it's actually, because um, we, we're in some uh, coffee shops around Hong Kong and actually it's those coffee shops that kind of gave us the idea that that's, that's how they use it. They mix mm. it in with the coffee. Yeah. Well, finally, um, Zoe and Alice, remind our listeners once again, how can we find out a little bit more about Nat Nat? Um, all Things Coconut, have you got a website? Um, yes. Have you got social media? Yes. So you can basically vis- visit our website at www www.natnatlife.com if you want to purchase anything yeah. and follow us on Instagram at natnatpinkcoco and if you want to look at the adventures of uh, Alessandra and I, yeah, we're on you, the Coco we're, Queens we are on the Instagram. Coco Queens on Instagram. Excellent. Well, Coco Queens, Zoe and Alessandra, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I really enjoyed our chat this afternoon. Thank, <laughs> thank you very you. much. Thank you. Thank you.